and welcome to The Beautiful Burial Ground, a podcast by the conservation charity Caring for God's Acre. Here we explore the unique heritage in these sites, how they're cared for and the stories they reveal. In today's episode, we join Pete Carty one early morning in a churchyard. The dawn chorus has started and Pete introduces us to the different bird species as they join in with their unique songs. churchyard. It's three o'clock in the morning in early May and a tawny owl is calling. As we get closer to four o'clock the first ray of light in the sky and the famous dawn chorus starts. Dawn Chorus really is made up of blackbird and song thrush in most places, especially where there's trees. Blackbird and song thrush are the real opera stars of the bird world. They're the kind of Pavarotti's. They're right on the tops of trees. They're right out the front of the chorus. They're loud and very distinctive. can separate them because song thrush takes a phrase and repeats it three times, changes a phrase and repeats that three times. Blackbird is melliferous, flows like honey, like a jazz singer it free flows with notes varied and musical. Bird song to us is a beautiful thing, but to a bird, it's a function. It's really important. What bird song is about is this is my territory this is my plot of land and in this plot of land there's enough food for my wife it's the male birds that sing and my children and in that plot of land will be a suitable place to hide my nest and support my nest and a suitable place to shelter in the rain 
So for the birds, it's a matter of life or death. And Birdsong is saying, this is my patch, come on to it and I will attack you or even kill you. As the dawn chorus progresses, other birds begin to sing. And for the beginner, it could be overwhelming. A torrent of different birds all singing at once. The key to trying to identify what's going on is to think about it like an orchestra. We've already mentioned the thrushes being the opera singers, right? at the front of house. But the other bird families are like different sections of the orchestra. The tits are very distinctive. They're like little trumpet players, little short notes, little klaxon-like notes. Teacher, 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 says the great tit. Great tits can have over a hundred different call notes, but if you wait and listen, it will always throw in a teacher, teacher. Says the marsh tit. Says the willow tit. Blue tit has little trills and gurgles. Americans call tits chickadees, and blue tit often makes a noise that's a bit like the chickadee. Other families can be categorized by their types of song. The finches have a twittering, kind of canary-like quality to them. Lots of notes repeated quickly. And in any churchyard, the greenfinch has a nasal zwee that's very familiar to us all. Greenfinches always nest next to evergreen trees, often holly trees. Goldfinches, which are now quite common, also have a twittering song. But their notes are sibilant. They begin with s. So a, a goldfinch goes swit, 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 Quite different to the harsher notes of a greenfinch going chit. Another member of the finch family that has uh, rather harsh sounding notes is the chaffinch. Very common bird and present in most gardens and churchyards.
The old bird books describe the chaffinch's song as reminiscent of the bowler, the fast bowler running up to the crease, starting slowly, building up speed and finishing in a flourish. There are other players in the orchestra, subtle and different. Every churchyard seems to have a gold crest in it. This is the smallest bird in the United Kingdom, smallest bird in Europe. And it spends its life living in dense evergreen foliage. Yew trees are a particular favorite. And although it comes to the outside and you can get a view of it as it hovers underneath a leaf to peck a tiny invertebrate or a spider from the underside, you sometimes get a flash of the golden crown, hence its name. But its song, very, very distinctive. The piccolo of the orchestra, very, very high pitched, like a shrew or a mouse and sounding like tinkling of tiny bells. There's another group of very familiar birds in the chorus, the wren. The robin. And the dunnock. And they're kind of like the choristers. The loudest and strongest song comes from the wren, the king of the birds in folklore. And it's a series of splutters and twirls and gurgles as it gallops through its notes to finish. Robin is very different. It holds back, it refrains, it's hesitant. And it gives a splutter of sibilant notes rather sad and mournful and perhaps not quite exuberant and ready to sing like the wren. Once you can learn wren and robin, you can then learn the song of the dunnock, which is sort of something in between those two species. Its scientific name is Prunella modularis, and that gives a clue because it modulates its song. Its song goes up and down and up and down and up and down, reminiscent of an Irish jig. There's another group of birds which contain some really difficult species to identify by song, but one of them has a very distinctive and easy to recognize song for it says its name over and over and over again singing from the tops of tall trees it's the chiff chaff chiff chaff chiff chaff chiff chaff chiff
Two other members of the Warbler family are often seen in churchyards and they're the most difficult to separate for beginners. And you know that when you've reached the level of identifying garden warbler and black cap, you're joining the ranks of the experienced bird watchers. Both of these songs are scratchy and muttering. The black cat starts its song muttering and scratching and then halfway through it shifts to shrill jaunty whistles. The garden warbler mutters and grumbles and in the undergrowth and sings for a longer period of time and doesn't include the shrill whistles of the black cat. Both of them are summer visitors so you won't see them in the winter. Other birds that churchyards are particularly good for include the spotted flycatcher. Species declined by over 90% in the last few decades. They like churchyards because they need trees and insects and insecticides aren't normally used in a heavy way. And you could soon recognise a spotted flycatcher by sight because it sees a flying insect, flies out, catches the insect in flight, and if you're close enough, you'll hear the bill snapping as it tries to catch the flying insect. And then it returns to its perch. So if you're looking at it from a distance, it's going out and back, out and back. Its song is difficult but it has a very distinctive note, which you often hear in the churchyard. And then there are the other sections of the orchestra, the percussionists, and the great spotted woodpecker is the leading one here. It's not a songbird like the other birds we've mentioned. It doesn't have complex vocal cords of the songbirds. But it needs to defend a territory and communicate with other woodpeckers. So it's evolved the skill in identifying a branch that it can hit with its bill repeatedly at very fast intervals, which resonates sound and this drumming sound carries through the woodland. And that's the equivalent of song for a woodpecker. It's the same message. This is my patch. Keep out. I need it all. The nuthatch is another, like a mini woodpecker. 
you can often hear it pecking at acorns and pecking at the bark of trees. It runs up and down the bark of trees. Its song is very varied. A bit like the great tit, the great tit has a great variety of songs. The nuthatch has a loud ringing call, a bit like a stone bouncing across ice. Another member of this group of oddities, the green woodpecker, very different to the great spotted woodpecker. It has a soft bill and a long tongue. The long tongue goes into anthills and its sticky outer layer picks up ants and the woodpecker feeds on ants. So it's a kind of flying anteater. But when you hear it, it has the most distinctive call. It's like a belly laugh and it's called the yaffle. Green woodpeckers like churchyards because of their old meadow-like nature with lots of ants. And finally to a bird that's more often seen on the roof, Pied Wagtail. The black and white bird as its name implies with a long tail. The function of the tail is to help it in its catching of fast-moving insects. It uses it for balance as it's running across uh, open car parks or short lawns. But very distinctively it's got a flight call note which it utters from its undulating flight as it flies over. And it goes chisick, chisick. You can easily remember this because bird watchers have nicknamed it the Chiswick Flyover. A silly story to help you remember. Time has got on. It's now 5.30. Lots of bird activity. And I'm heading home for bacon and eggs. for recording such a relaxing episode this week and to Paul Marriott for the sound editing. In a later episode, we'll be chatting with Pete about what makes these places so important for birds. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 